0: I'm Rob. I'm Joy. And you're listening to Key Light.
1: All right. So, we're back after an unexpected hiatus. With the, It was a combination of our spring breaks, and then I had theater. We put on Heathers. I would say get tickets, but it's already over. So, <laughs> it went great. Anyway, how was your unexpected hiatus?
0: It was good. Uh, very busy. This has been my busiest semester so far, actually.
1: Yeah, this is... Unintentionally ended up being like one of my busier semesters because I tried to not make it busy, but mm-hmm. I still ended up being busy because
0: mm-hmm.
1: you don't sign up for theater unless you want to be busy. So, yeah, anyway, that's into that's our into our it. actual episode. We're talking about Soul, the Pixar movie, this week. Yeah, so um in yet another demonstration of storytelling excellence, Pixar takes us on a journey of life, death, and what it means to do both, all set to a fantastic jazz soundtrack.
0: Yeah, I I love everything about this movie. It's it's all about wonder. Soul is to me like one of Pixar's best movies to date because it nails their formula of appealing to both the parents watching with their kids and appealing to those kids with A strong message that's disguised in a playful and kid-friendly plot so everybody can enjoy it. There's a conversation between Joe and 22 that I think perfectly sums up what this movie is all about and why I love it so much. 22, she's wrestling with the idea that maybe she does like Earth after all. You know, she's describing all the cool things that she's done in her time there. She ate pizza, got her hair cut, walked around, she took the subway, and more. But Joe offhandedly dismisses this with just a simple sentence.
1: Maybe skywatching can be my spark, or walking. I'm really good at walking. Those really aren't purposes, 22. That's just regular old living.
0: But what if regular old living really is the point? What if it's not all about finding your spark? Our culture tells us to figure out what we like to do quick. Because as the saying goes, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It seems like a pretty wholesome and productive way to think about your career and the rest of your life. Don't do something that you hate, but follow your spark and you'll have a great time, even when you're working.
1: That's why it feels so jarring when Soul pushes against this argument. It feels reductive, like I'm 16 years old again and my mom is really telling me to think carefully about what I want to study in college, i.e. don't be a film major. Are you telling me that I shouldn't follow my passions? Do you want me to be unhappy for some reason?
0: Yeah, fortunately, that's not the message that Soul is sending. Soul loves passionate people. It even has a visualization of the quote-unquote zone that athletes, creatives, and professionals enter when they're flowing through their work. Our dedicated listeners will remember a similar idea in Skate to the Infinity. And it's crazy how effective the jazz scenes are at making us audience members just as enthralled with jazz music as Joe is, just as in the zone as he is. It gets us really excited when we finally see him shine, finally get that big break that he's been waiting for. It's time for Joe to finally achieve his dreams.
1: For those of us who are familiar with story structure, Joe's big break, what's supposed to be the climax of his story, it comes at the beginning of the film. Right out of the gate, we're being told that the message isn't to follow your passion. So, what does it say instead? Well, there are two ideas related to passion that the movie presents as counterarguments. One of them is that, actually, following your dreams and reaching them isn't as amazing as it seems. Near the end of the film, Joe seems to have gotten it all. He has his mother's approval, he kills it at his gig, and he even finally has a a source of steady income doing the work he loves.
0: And then... He goes back home and feels exactly how he did the day before. Back when he was just a band teacher, looking for gigs, feeling aimless and normal and unfulfilled. What the heck, Joe, you should be happy. You know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You got your dream.
1: That moment when Joe finally achieves his dream and it doesn't feel like he expected it to, that part is very real and very scary. Because what good is chasing a dream if achieving it doesn't feel good? But in the same way, what good is chasing a dream if once you achieve it, there's no one to share it with? You can celebrate, sure, but devoting your entire life to a single moment is a lot of pressure. And there's never going to be anything that feels like a pinnacle, especially if whatever you're obsessed with is the only thing bringing you happiness and fulfillment.
0: In a lot of fiction, whether it's movies, books, or comics, the protagonist achieves the goal and feels happy, and then it ends. Soul could have ended right there in that jazz bar, with Joe bowing to a standing ovation that included even his mom, who was doubting him. But the movie keeps going, revealing the truth about those sweet moments, that they're just moments. It came, but now it's gone. And that is just depressing, man.
1: It brings a sense of realism to that follow your dreams narrative, or at least it shows us the aftermath of following one's dreams. It's a beautiful moment, but what's the next step?
0: Definitely. But Soul isn't about blowing up that idea and leaving everyone confused. The second counter argument to blindly following passion is a slightly more complicated solution that is a true path to happiness regular old living. Yeah, that clip that we played at the beginning.
1: That's just regular old living.
0: That's the secret.
1: It feels odd almost. How can regular old living be the answer? How can regular living be more important than following one's dreams? Well,
0: first, let's clarify what regular old living means here. It means living in the present so you can witness all the small, ordinary things that are actually really meaningful. And I don't think the movie is trying to say that being present is more important than following your passion, but instead that too often we completely neglect living in the moment and take for granted the amazing things that happen every day, like The taste of pizza, or
1: how true love and begin. He's good.
0: The sound of music. And ironically, it's the jazz legend that Joe looked to as the pinnacle of passion, Dorothy Williams, that unlocks the secret of regular old living for him with the fish analogy. I heard this story about a fish. He swims up to this older fish and says, I'm trying to find this thing they call the ocean. The ocean, says the older fish. That's what you in right now. This, says the young fish, this is water. What I want is the ocean. The story is saying that all along, the thing the younger fish was searching for was right in front of him. That applies to the search for meaning in life. It's found every single day in those small moments that add up. And that's what Soul is presenting as the solution. All the things about being on Earth that 22 didn't know about are what give life flavor and what make it worthwhile. Passions are cool and make life more interesting for sure, but too much focus on reaching an arbitrary goal for that passion sucks the air out of everything else, only sets up a disappointing aftertaste.
1: And it takes time to learn to notice these small things. I'm sure we've all had someone in our lives tell us to stop and smell the roses. This entire movie is an extension of that phrase. You don't have to stop and smell every flower on your path. No one has the time or patience for that. But take the time to savor the life you're living. Enjoy that, that slice of pizza. Take a moment to watch the leaves dance in the wind. Stop for a moment to listen to that subway busker. It's not necessarily where all the beauty in life is found, but we end up missing a lot of beauty when we don't take in those moments.
0: Exactly. And what I really like about this idea is that your happiness isn't connected to any one thing. With a mindset of being present... It's much easier to accept everything that comes your way, even the bad or unexpected stuff, because you aren't placing your hopes and dreams on it. Instead, you're finding that happiness in all sorts of little ways that build up, which is much more sustainable in the long run than one big goal
1: yeah and 22 is right life is scary and overwhelming and trying to decide what to do and what to be can be paralyzing i constantly feel like i'm not enough that i'm not offering anything to the world and we're constantly taught this idea of what use is living if i'm not contributing but the message this movie sends is such a good one in that it's okay to be scared and it's okay to feel like you're not enough because it doesn't really matter your purpose doesn't define you because technically no one has a purpose all we're here to do is live as best we can and that's enough
0: And that's such an important lesson that most adults don't know about, let alone kids that are still figuring out what life even is and have no clue what to think about the meaning of life. Pixar is great at presenting these complicated ideas that seem really simple in a way that all ages can understand, which is an underrated skill. It's cool to see how artists can present an idea with all of its little novelties and nuances. I love that kind of stuff that's super complex, but sometimes it's more impressive and more important to make those ideas accessible to everybody.
1: I mean, I remember trying and failing to read Walden in high school. I'm, you know. And though we can extend on my extensive thoughts regarding Henry David Thoreau later, point is, this concept that little moments should be valued has been written about a lot, but putting in movie form, particularly a kid's movie, makes it a lot easier to digest. And in a world that's already so hard to understand, this film is such a rare and beautiful gift. And now on to our cultural impact section, which is actually pretty interesting for this film. This movie came out in October 2020, which I'm sure we all remember as part of the Dark Ages, i.e. quarantine. Ooh. I think they released a the trailer, uh, maybe I think, like a year before, and I was genuinely really excited to see it. Mm-hmm. I love a good Pixar film, as we all do. And while I don't know that much about jazz, the soundtrack really drew me in. And then, obviously global pandemic hit we were all stuck at home i watched so much netflix i think i permanently rotted away some brain cells and then i did the same with hulu afterwards so soul actually ended up being one of those movies that kind of slipped through the cracks and i never ended up seeing it until we had to watch it to uh, prep for this upon actually watching the film i was floored at how culturally relevant it was both then and now i think as a society we're kind of in a bit of a turning point where we're all reevaluating our own worth and what we really want to be bringing to the world. We were all stuck at home for two years, and in that time, I think we all learned how to really savor those small moments, because the bigger moments just couldn't happen for health reasons. And we've kind of kept that mindset alive. I know I really value the time that I take like going outside, going on walks, and like really savoring the environment around me. That's something that's really important to me now. Joe, in the movie, goes about life in a very limited way, but I don't think he was wrong for it. It's really easy to get caught up in one's dreams, to follow it to the point of obsession, or to do that with your career. I've definitely done that. I still find myself doing that. But both the movie and the pandemic, I think, have taught us that there's more to life than just our passions. It's okay to just take time to be human. And that's a really good thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's the fact that it was a theatrical release. It came out, I think, straight to Disney Plus is a great connection to the message of the movie. Um, As we mentioned, 2020, it's uh, one of the more recent Pixar movies. And I'd say it's also one of the better ones, if not the best. I'd say it's up there with Wally, um, and Up,
1: oh, and two classics. That yeah, we'll, we'll prob- we might end up discussing those. Maybe. I'm a big fan of those. Well,
0: uh, yeah, you know, if you if you go through Pixar's catalog, then you realize, wow, these are really good movies. They
1: consistently put out bangers. Yeah, every time.
0: There, oh, there are some flops, but I. This is totally side note. I recently watched Coco as well because I was like, wait, have I you, forgot this movie existed. Had you never seen it? No, no, no. I, I oh, rewatched it. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> I rewatched Coco. And I was like, damn, this movie is so good. So if you just get to Soul and then you see the rest of their Pixar movies, feel free to just keep watching them because they're all good. But like I was saying, I think this one is one of the better ones for a couple of reasons. One, it came out, like Joy mentioned, at such a culturally relevant time for that message. Another reason is the animation is just wild. Like,
1: Oh, it's so good. The the art style is fantastic.
0: The detail that they were able to bring to the city was just so cool. Sometimes, in my opinion, stuff that's animated looks better than stuff in real life. And Soul is a great example of that. Like, you know, the the picturesque image of, like, New York City, like, that's exactly what I would want. Like, that's the image of New York City in my head. Like, obviously, it's a little bit dirtier than that and all the other stuff, but, like, that's just amazing animation.
1: And... the kind of I don't know, this popped just popped in my head, but like the oppressive presence of the buildings when 22 like sort of sees the city for the first time. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to capture that with like a camera and like real life, but animation you like have buildings bend and loom and like it's just so good.
0: Yeah. No, it's they that that's what they are known for, is their anime. one of the things is their animation. And I think this one just knocked it out of the park even better than they've been doing before. Um for me, I have a huge personal connection to this because I've when I started college, like I got into meditation and being more mindful, of trying to be more present, you know, like that kind of stuff that the movie talks about a lot. So that's why this movie hit hard for me. Um, both times I watched it, um, yeah, like that's been a journey that I've been going on, you know, trying to worry less. Not even just worrying though, but like creating narratives in your head. You know, it's really easy to get caught up in what you think are patterns or thinking about the past and the future, but the present is. Where you find those small little moments like the pizza or the way the light hits the wall of your dorm when it's like golden hour, you know, for those like five seconds of like orange light. I think for me, meditation and being mindful has been a really important part of my life recently. So this was a great connection to that. Um, for Pixar and the broader cultural impact, this was the first black lead uh, in Jamie Foxx. Heck Yeah. So that good was good job, a,
1: Pixar. Yeah. We're, we're getting there slowly,
0: <laughs> slowly, slowly getting there, slowly getting there. Um, but yeah, that's just a nice uh milestone for them. And from what I read, obviously, I'm not African American, neither is Joy, but they did bring in a lot of resources to make the music and the experiences like of the barbershop and all the things that uh Joe's apartment had like that was all done by African American. Um, directors and creative producers to make sure it felt authentic to the African American experience. So, I don't know if that was um, exact, like it was wildly successful, but I really appreciate that they made the effort for made the effort to bring people in who actually knew that kind of stuff instead of just having you know white people.
1: Try and and one of the writers out. is black. Yay! I would. I just went on IMDb real quick right now. One <laughs> of the writers is black, which yes. I think helped a lot with the story.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think they probably realized especially with all the stuff that happened in 2020 hey maybe we should really do the do the right thing and actually have a movie about black people be written by black people so yeah i think after
1: disney and mulan the mulan live action because that was written by white people and i think you can tell (laughs) anyway we're getting a little off topic but (laughs) that's fine Basically, lots of cultural milestones, great message, fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing here? Go watch it, because we just gave major spoilers. But yeah, go watch (laughs) it. Not just because of spoilers, but also because it's a really good movie. All right, and we're back for everyone's favorite section that we do prepare for now. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we actually did sit and discuss what our songs were this week. Oh, so yeah. for mine, uh, I chose Eat Your Young by Hosier off of his new EP because guess who got hosier tickets? Ooh. It's it's me. I got hosier tickets. It was great. It's expensive, but so worth it. Anyway,
0: <laughs> Rob? Yeah. Um concert wise, I'm trying to go to the Drake and Twenty One Savage concert in Boston. Ticket prices, as I mentioned to Joy before the episode, have stabilized around without fees. So please pray for me. I Um, pray for
1: your bank account, not you.
0: (laughs) Whatever you need to do, just please pray for me or my bank account. Um, But I really want to go to that concert. I haven't been to a concert in a while. Uh, But my song is not Drake or 21. It is called Palisades, California by Larry June, The Alchemist, and Big Sean. Just a nice summer uh, getting ready for Summer Track.
1: Every time we do this, I am floored by the fact that our music tastes are so different. Every time I'm reminded. It's <laughs> and, hilarious. And, and we
0: just still are able to have this great chemistry. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. That's it from us. And remember, don't stop and smell the roses. Smell the pizza.
1: See you next week. This episode was written by Joy Joygu and Rob Pereira. Also edited by Joy Joygu and produced and mixed by Rob Pereira special thanks to the BU School of Communication for their studio and to Northeastern University. You can find Keylight on all podcasting platforms, and make sure to be notified of new episodes by following our Instagram and Twitter accounts, both at KeylightPod. Thanks!